When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Delay. Nothing personal. Word of the day is delay. As in Matthew Coca stuck in the Cleveland airport all day yesterday. We've got a big show ready to go. It's the day of the home run derby. We've done all of our prep. There were no weather issues. And then I get the text. We're on the plane. Great. We're ready to record. We're going to be a few hours late. He's at a wedding. He claims it was a friend of his. Coca does have like three or four friends back from before he was Coca. In Cleveland, didn't even go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is a disgrace. If you're going to be in Cleveland, that's what you have to do. And he's too busy telling me, I didn't have time. Is there anything worse than when people tell you, I had no time? Who has time for that? We have time for what we make time for, Coca. Could have taken 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's like one round. And go and see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So the text comes in. We've got to get on the plane. We got to get off the plane. We're going to get on the plane. We're going to have Chick-fil-A. Then we're going to have a sandwich. We're going to have another tequila, a beer. We're late. Coca, what about the show? Show, I can't even get back home. I said, Coca, why don't you travel with stuff? We could have done it right from the airport. We've got an audience to take care of. And I was jonesing to do a show. But no, he ended up getting home after a 14-hour travel day. And then has the audacity to text me to tell me how tired and grumpy he is. But don't worry, if you contact United, you may get a refund within 21 days. Or you may not. And you know what you missed by not doing a show yesterday? Nothing. Because we're doing it today for you. Because it was too good to talk about. But we added some stuff that happened, which is sort of interesting because we could have put this to lead off today, but it wouldn't have let off yesterday because it happened yesterday. But I wanted to talk about it yesterday. I would have gone to do an emergency pod potentially when I saw this because I was so upset and furious and wondering, is he going to get fired? Stephen A. Smith put his foot, hands, thighs, hip bone, cheekbone, toes, fingers, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, right into his mouth yesterday. I want to explain from my standpoint what it is to have this job. Stephen Smith is the highest paid talker at ESPN. They expect him to be the master of not just his domain, but every domain talk about whether it's MMA or basketball or baseball or football or hockey or lacrosse or track and field, whatever it is. That's what he's paid to do. He's on every show times 10 trying to get their money out of him that they're paying him. And once in a while, he says things that he has to apologize for. And I wondered to myself, when you say things that are implicitly racist, 
Is apology apologizing enough? Does it really just show how you feel and you have a you do a really good job hiding it the majority of the time, but every once in a while you say what really you think all the time, but it's hard when you've got a microphone and it's on and you have to be on and you have to think about everything you say, but every once in a while when you're talking about something, you say something that's in your head, but your mouth is ahead of your brain. And when your mouth is ahead of your brain and you've got the job that he has, you are going to get in trouble. If your mouth is ahead of your brain and you're a lawyer, you're not going to be good. If your mouth is ahead of your brain and you do nothing personal, you're not going to be good. You've got to have your brain ahead of your mouth at all times, which means when you say something, you know exactly what the impact is. You know exactly why you're saying it. And then if it is criticized, you double down. And then if it's criticized more because you get in trouble from your bosses, whether it's CBS or ESPN or Metal Arc or anyone else, then you come out with statements, apologies, videos. You go on the tour and there's a home run by Trey Mancini. Stephen Smith was talking about Shohei Otani. And I want to differentiate what he was saying versus what he said versus what he likely meant Shohei Otani is the story of baseball this year. He was the story of baseball before he signed with the Los Angeles Angels. 30 teams wanted Shohei Otani, and it was not about big market versus small market because there was a maximum amount of money that could be given to Shohei Otani because he was what's called an international sign. The Angels ended up getting him and Do you recall when I told you that we're going to know whether the Angels broke the rules when Otani signs his next contract? He's only making three million this year, five and a half million next year, and then he's got to sign another contract. Is it possible the Angels guaranteed him money, guaranteed him his second contract before he played one game? No doubt about it. Did the commissioner say, don't do that, you're going to get in trouble? Yes, he did. Can the commissioner prove it? The Angels can't be that stupid. There's no paper trail. So Otani goes to the Angels. The Angels have been to the playoffs zero times since Otani got there. Otani was hurt, lost a year with Tommy John. And this year he has been, I I don't know how to say it other than awe-inspiring. I've not seen a player like Shohei Otani ever in my career. The way he can hit, the way he can pitch. We're going to talk about the home run derby. We're going to talk about the all-star game. But Shohei Otani is a bigger story than Fernando Tatis. He's a bigger story than Ronald Acuna, even before Acuna got injured. He's a bigger story than Manny Machado, a bigger story than Mookie Betts, a bigger story than Bryce Harper, a bigger story than Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers winning the World Series, the Yankees not hitting, John Carlos Stanton getting 300 million, Aaron Judge, whether he's going to get traded, not traded, or signed, Aaron Boone, is he going to get fired or not fired? Bigger story than all of them. There is no bigger story. So Stephen Smith is talking about him and says, you know, he doesn't speak English, which he does, by the way. And it's really not good that he needs an interpreter. It's not good for baseball. It's not good for him. The face of baseball cannot be someone who doesn't speak English. That's the general principle of what he said. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, is he wrong? We live in a world in America, just in America, because it's certainly not in the rest of the world, where English is the first language, 
the second language, the third language. And if you don't speak English, you are looked at as though you are not able to compete. You are not able to be a star. You're called a crossover star, but you better learn English and your accent better not be too great. You think Shohei Otani is the first person who has heard this before? This goes all the way back to when Arnold Schwarzenegger tried to be a crossover star and ended up doing it and had that thick Austrian accent. People talk about Antonio Banderas's accent. And what's interesting is, is that America is so afraid of people who don't speak English. They're so unwilling to embrace. And I'm not talking about just fans. I'm talking about people in charge of marketing. Do you know how many players I had whose English was so good, but not without an accent? Let's go back and talk about my guy, Miguel Cabrera. How many commercials did Miguel Cabrera do when I was there? Superstar Hall of Famer. A couple, some car ads, some little things we got for him through some, through some sponsors, but it was always with his bat. They never had him talk. They were afraid, afraid that the accent was too big. And this is even Miami where it could have been in Spanish. I was thinking about Eduardo Perez during the home run derby talking Spanish, watching some of the home runs fly, thinking how the ESPN people like that, whether or not that was a little uh, right to ESPN. Shohei Otani should be the face of baseball and baseball should be marketing around him and they should be getting their sponsors to do commercials with Shohei Otani. If he is not comfortable speaking English in a commercial, have an interpreter. Why can't companies be okay with imperfect English? They're already okay half the time with people who can't speak proper English. But even English with bad grammar is still better than perfect Spanish or perfect Japanese that requires translation. Same reason why movies with subtitles have problems getting made. It drives me insane. But now in this year of 2021, when everyone is super sensitive, Stephen Smith says his comments and he starts to get pressured. ESPN gets nervous. He comes out with a quick video where he says, hey, all I was saying is you can't have the most marketable person in your game not speak English. It's not good. Where's Mike Trout? Mike Trout, as far as I know, speaks perfect English, but I don't really know. You know why? Never seen him do a commercial. Barely see him do interviews. I think it's past time for Major League Baseball and for sponsors, companies, fans of all colors, shapes, sizes, and ages to get on the program. It doesn't matter if you speak English or not. What matters is, is your brand good enough to be associated with the brand that the company is trying to bolster and or the products that the company is trying to sell? Would you rather have someone who speaks perfect English, who's a wife abuser, a child abuser? I'd rather have someone, no matter what language they speak, represent me the way I want to be represented. Major League Baseball should be bending over backwards to have Shohei Otani as its spokesperson. Bending over backwards. Companies, broadcast partners, 
Is it because Shohei doesn't want to give interviews? No. Is it because Shohei doesn't speak English? No. It's because we are all so afraid of anyone who sounds or looks different than we do. Guess what? We're all different. We all sound different. We all look different. Embrace it for Christ's sake. So Stephen Smith does his cover up, does his video, does his statement. And I just want to read something to you of what we're all forced to do now. If we don't get canceled and you can't cancel someone making $10 million a year, he is ESPN. Let me apologize right now. Okay, that's a little after the fact that you doubled down and didn't apologize. As I'm watching things unfold, let me say that I never intended to offend any community. This is where I have a problem. So many of the apologies that we give in our ordinary lives, and I am so guilty of this in my personal life, I always say, I apologize because you interpreted my action or my words in a certain way. As opposed to me saying, I apologize for me saying what I said or doing what I did. It is the weakest, lamest apology to do it the way I do it. And it makes me sad that I do it that way. And I do it that way because I say to myself, man, what I'm sorry about is that you feel the way you feel. I'm not sorry about I said what I said or did what I did. I only say I'm sorry for doing what I did when I think to myself, man, I did something wrong. Except when I'm apologizing because someone interpreted what I did or feelings got hurt, doesn't that by definition mean that I did something wrong? Or can I dismiss it as saying, hey, you're too sensitive? Man up. You don't put in a statement as I'm watching things unfold because that means you're only apologizing and doing this because A, you were told to by your bosses, B, you're trying to protect your annual bounty, and C, you realize that on Twitter and other social media outlets, people are saying, wow, you're supposed to be the spokesman for people of color. You are the person who we look to, and now you're upset with someone in the Asian community when there's all the Asian hate going on with COVID-19, et cetera. I never intended to offend any community, particularly the Asian community. Stephen, who's doing your work for you? When you say I never intended to offend any community, you then don't say particularly. You can say including, but you don't say particularly because, hey, that means if you offend a different community, yeah, I didn't mean to do that, but I particularly don't want to offend Asians. But if I offend people of color, Jews, whites, reds, browns, or purples, eh, it's Asians particularly. Eliminate that from your vocab when you're doing a statement. But he continued. As an African-American keenly aware of the damage stereotyping has done to many in this country, it should have elevated my sensitivities even more. This is a veteran broadcaster at the top of his profession. If your sensitivities are not elevated to the max right now, there is no more left. It's not as though we have not just gone through the most racially insensitive slash sensitive slash period of the last two years, a reckoning, if you will. But no, his sensitivities should have been even more. I don't think they can get more. I don't mean to criticize every line of this statement, but God, was it crappy. 
he went on for another two paragraphs. I can't even bother with it. But he did say at the end, I'm sincerely sorry for any angst I've caused with my comments on first take this morning. Again, I'm sorry. And I'll happily reiterate these words more extensively tomorrow morning as well. Oh, that makes me so happy. That means I want to tune into first take so I can watch you apologize again after the video, after the statement, knowing that people are going to tune in to see how your apology goes. If you apologize, will this impact your blowheartedness? I got a little bonus here. Wait, I got a bonus wait to see, Coca. No, I'm not. It's not a bonus wait to see. This is a fact. It's not a wait to see. Shohei Otani will make, has made, and will always make more endorsement money around the world than Mike Trout. Always. Because the rest of the world doesn't think like we do. They don't shy away from people like Shohei, and nor should they. So he's the story of the break. There's no question about that. The story of the first half of the season. We're going to talk about the all-star game. We're going to talk about the home run derby, which I hope you guys watched. But I want to start with something that happened that uh, before the home run derby even started that caught my attention that upset me greatly that is not getting enough attention. And I've got the platform right now. When you've got your platform, use it. And if you don't like what I'm about to say, I'm sorry. It'll be done in a few minutes and then we'll keep going. But this is important. Did you read about the guns that were found and the ammunition that were found in the Denver hotel before the all-star game, before the home run derby? A housekeeper walked into a room at a hotel in Denver and found tons of automatic guns, like 16 of them, tons of rounds of ammunition, reported it. The police got a search warrant and arrested four people, three men, one woman. The immediate thought in the media and my immediate thought is that they were preparing for a mass shooting and that it was going to do be like it was in Vegas with that mass shooting. When you host an event, I will never forget hosting the MLB All-Star Game, the preparations we had, the years we spent hosting it. I'll never forget hosting the World Series. You can't prepare because you only know you're hosting the World Series once you win the pennant. Hosting 81 games a year times 18 years. 80 times 10 is 800. 80 times 8 is 640. That's 1440 plus another 16. So it could be 1456. What's 81 times 18, Coca? Can you put that on the, on the show? Those are the number of regular season games. It's times 18, not 16. So it could be 1458, actually. So it's 1458. Nailed it, Coca. Can't believe my brain is working this morning. It's because you gave me the day off yesterday. <laughs> 1458 games hosted, running an organization, plus World Baseball Classic games, plus All-Star game, plus playoff games. And do you know the number one thing I thought about, not winning or losing, and I know that many of you are going to say, of course, you didn't think about winning or losing because you're so goddamn cheap. You were never going to win. Hey, we got a ring. I was worried about the safety of every one of the fans. Hey, you barely had fans. You can make fun of me all you want, whether there's 100 people in the stands or 5,000 people in the stands or 50,000 people in the stands. The concern I had about safety, about shootings, about security inside the ballpark was the number one thing on my mind from 
the first minute the gates opened into the last minute, the last person left. Do you know what the highlight of the 2017 All-Star game was for me? And I remember it clear as day, Tuesday night. There was a walk-off for a, a uh, I can't, wow, this is funny. The game ended on some sort of Robinson Cano hit. It may have been the 10th inning in 2017. I can't quite remember. It had been a very long week. I rewatched the 2017 home run derby with Justin Bohr and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton recently, actually. And I realized that I barely watched it when I was hosting. Do you know my biggest memory of that is the end of the game when the stands had emptied? The relief that I felt that we had made it through and successfully not just hosted, but kept everyone safe. The worst nightmare for Major League Baseball and for any sport, any commissioner, any owner, any president. The single worst nightmare is not losing. The single worst nightmare is not having bad attendance, bad record, bad performance. The single worst nightmare is having a mass shooting in your ballpark or around your ballpark. Baseball did not want any part of this story. The FBI came out and said, don't worry. There was no intent to have any sort of shooting around the All-Star game. This was a drug deal. And I kept thinking to myself, horse hockey. You're telling me that the best chance to exchange guns for drugs happened to be right before the All-Star game in Denver, where all the attention is, all the police are. You couldn't have chosen another city, not downtown, not near Coors Field. I'm just asking for a friend. I've never done a drug for gun deal. I've never done a drug deal. I think I'd probably choose a place not near a jewel event of a major sport. Oh, but David, you're totally missing the point. Not everybody knows that there's an all-star game. Not everybody's a baseball fan. You live in your tiny little bubble. Have you ever been to a city that's hosting a game? It's everywhere. You can see it even if you don't know what baseball is. You see little flags on street signs. You see signs. You see cones. You see security. There's extra presence. You know how much money the local municipalities pay to have extra police and first responders around the ballpark during Jewel events? Staggering. MLB certainly doesn't pay for that. It's the host cities that pay for that. The team doesn't pay for that. It was a Cano homer in the top of the 10. Thank you. That's how, they, that's how the American League won in 2017. A little late on that, Coca, but I know you're just digesting the Chick-fil-A. I get it. I get it. Nightmare. But it didn't happen. But don't worry. It was just a drug for gun deal. Everyone was safe. Everyone was safe. So the home run derby happens. 50,000 people, which put a tear in my eye, seeing crowds back in full watching so many like the NBA finals with crowds, just watching games with crowds. The final of the Euro Cup had crowds in Italy, including including Prince William and Kate and their son, whose name I have no idea, who was despondent when England lost. Totally despondent. I can't tell if he was despondent to have been there or just the fact that England lost. I love all these crowds, but it brings my anxiety level up because I have sort of flashbacks of running a team and thinking about all of the nerves that everyone has. So the home run derby starts and it's supposed to be the Shohei Otani show. 
That's a lot of pressure. Shohei Otani was the number one seed in the home run derby last night, and they seed according to who's got the most home runs in baseball. And Shohei Otani is leading Major League Baseball with 33 home runs at the break. So he's the number one seed. There's eight players. The number eight seed was a unbelievable young player named Juan Soto with the Washington Nationals, who only has 11 home runs. He struggled this season, but he is a 22-year-old mega, mega talent a $300 million player if there ever ever was one. I would, if I were starting a team today, today, out of every player in Major League Baseball, from Otani to Tatis to Betts to anybody, I'm taking, without a doubt, Juan Soto. He is going to be Miguel Cabrera, and he's only 22 years old. So Juan Soto... In the first round, I'm waiting. I'm looking at my watch. I'm watching first round matchups. I'm watching Trey Mancini, learning about his story. Cancer survivor for the Orioles. Stage three colon cancer. He's in the home run derby. I'm watching him perform. He looks thin, but boy, is he good. Not thin from the treatment. He's just not a big body. I'm watching Pete Alonso hit 35 home runs in the first round. I'm watching Joey Gallo lose in the first round. I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, God, this production stinks. I can't see where the home runs are going. I have no idea what distance any of the home runs are. All I care about is distance. I want to see the flight of the ball. When I'm watching a game, the camera works amazing, but they're too busy showing the kids trying to catch the ball. One of whom got hurt and got carted off the field, causing a delay. That's another cause of anxiety. All the kids who are out there during the home run derby. Then they're showing the crowd. Then they're showing the up-close cameras with the background that's blurry and the foreground that's not all i want is details information and i wanted to watch otani i had to wait an hour an hour to watch him he didn't disappoint he and juan soto got into what's called the swing off who cares they had a tiebreaker blah 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 otani loses in the first round but nobody lost interest because the story of the home run derby was Pete Alonso repeating as home run derby champion. The third guy ever to repeat. Yes, the polar bear, the Mets guy, Pete Alonso, Yenis, Yoenis Cespedes, and Ken Griffey are the only other two-time winners, repeaters. Add Pete Alonso to that. It was a slam dunk. He wasn't even the favorite. I have no idea why. I did some ridiculous Twitter polls saying, is it going to be Otani or Gallo? I should have put Alonso in there. So here are my quick observations about the home run derby. Don't yuck on Pete Alonso for saying that he's the greatest power hitter in the game. Don't yuck on Otani for not winning the first round. Don't yuck on Alonso not letting Mancini win the final round so it could be a feel-good story. This is for money, folks. You think Pete Alonso is going to let Trey Mancini win the home run derby so Trey Mancini gets the million dollars because he's a cancer survivor? Listen, I'm all into good stories. I like feel good stories. But when you're making 600 grand and you have for a year of baseball and you have a chance to make a million dollars by winning an all-star home run derby over the course of two hours and 40 minutes and you know that you're the best home run hitter on the field in terms of the derby, you're winning the derby. It's not even a question. So for those of you criticizing Pete Alonso for not letting Mancini win, that's what I say to you. When there's money involved, There's money involved. All right. Hmm. Hey, hey. express yourself. 
Coco was at a wedding this weekend wearing a suit from Express that he had to buy because we're not getting any free stuff. But if enough of you go to express.com, then maybe we'll get free stuff and then we'll give you guys some free stuff. Express confidence, express you. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super comfy styles. Are you trying to keep it casual for a night out with the boys or with the girls or with anybody else? Go ahead and eat that extra donut. Eat that dessert. Go get some ice cream. Have some pasta and some pizza, some garlic knots. Live a little without worrying about your waistline, without worrying about the calories. You may have to run 50 miles to break even, but Express has you covered if you don't want to run 50 miles. Do you know why? They've got these comfort waist chinos and joggers. Mm, You can eat whatever you want and you're going to feel good and you're going to look good. So live a little. Be comfortable in your clothes. Be on the lookout for those comfort waist chinos and joggers and other great items. Great deals. Express. What else can we talk about? I got to talk about the MLB draft. You know, it's unreal. All the years that I'm involved in the draft, trying to make the draft exciting, trying to figure out a way to get what the NFL has, what the NBA has, NGTH, right? It's not going to happen. The MLB draft is a snooze fest. And I'm an MLB guy. Why are you not watching the MLB draft? I'll tell you why you're not watching the MLB draft. Because you never heard of any of these guys and they're not going to be in the big leagues for years. So who cares? Meanwhile, you're happy when they do make the big leagues when you can say, hey, we've got the number one ranked farm system. Hey, we just brought up our number one pick. Hey, our number one pick is now heading to arbitration. Oh my God, we're going to lose him to free agency. Hey, look, that's Al Leiter's son, Jack, for Vanderbilt. Hey, look at that high school guy. Look at those zits. My God, can he hit? Holy crap, that guy just went to prom. It's crazy. Quick, name the top pick that went to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hurry up. Was it Mike Trout? Was it Chris Davis? Was it Jason Davis? Was it Jason Gonzalez? Was it Freddie Gonzalez? Was it Freddy Krueger? And what's with the commissioner getting booed all the time? He goes up there to announce like Henry Davis is the number one pick and the guy gets booed like in the NFL, Roger Goodell gets booed. I have an idea on how commissioners should not be booed. Why do commissioners feel they have to lead the draft? I'm just curious. It's not enough to make 10 million bucks a year or 20 or 30 million bucks a year. It's not enough to present the trophy at the end. It's not enough to be the spokesperson on shows when you're doing collective bargaining. You want to be the one to say, and with the first pick in the draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates select Henry Hill. And then they shake hands and awkwardly hug or Roger Goodell does like a bear hug because he's a big guy or Rob Manford shakes his hand or Adam Silver looks down or up at players and David Stern with this sort of nebbish, may he rest in peace, shakes hands and takes awkward pictures with Patrick Ewing. Come on. What's the purpose? Ego? Photo ops? It's not contractual. I know exactly who should be announcing the picks. 
the celebrity guests of each team. Do you know that we're asked to bring people to the draft? Former players on your team, big names. We would send Andre Dawson or Jeff Conine. Why not let them get on stage? With the 15th pick in the draft, the Miami Marlins select Griffin Conine. Hey, it's my son. Imagine if Dusty Baker got to announce that the Nationals drafted his son, Darren, in the 10th round, which they did. Remember that little kid in 2002 World Series? Go to the YouTube and check this out. There was a little kid who almost got run over at a play at the plate and a home run trot, Barry Bonds crossing home plate. And it was the manager's son. And I was thinking to myself, because I was in the game at the time, my God, get your kids out of here. What is this, daycare? Meanwhile, that kid's now old enough that he was just drafted by the Nationals. And I'm sitting here plucking gray eyebrow hairs. I think I should win best male host of these new podcast People's Choice Awards. I really do. Because I want to be nominated and then win in a category that's sponsored by someone who's competing in the category. Huh. I wonder if CBS is going to sponsor one of the categories. Would that be amazing? Hold on. I'm holding my breath. This is me holding my breath. I'm turning blue. I've got a little, oi, oi, I've got some pain in my zygonisms. Could you do me a favor, please, and go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. <laughs> Everyone got that? It's the People's Choice Podcast Awards. You actually have to put your email in, do a password. We did this last year. We got nominated, and we lost to the podcast that sponsored the damn thing. But this year, we're nominated. We have a chance to be nominated in three categories. The People's Choice, which is pretty cool. Best Male Hosted Podcast, pretty cool because I identify as he, him. So I guess I'm in that category. And number three, Sports and Recreation category. Huh, Sports and Recreation. I'd like everyone to recreate. Once you're done recreating, if you wouldn't mind, going to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Nominate us. Nothing personal with David Sampson, please. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about Acuna and his injury. We're going to review something that I binged this weekend, and we're going to go through some horrific picks of the weekend. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. What's yours? Hello. Nice to meet you. I watch movies, TV shows. I am honored to know Tim Matheson. You may know him from Animal House or Fletch, or you may know him as the VP in West Wing. Am I flexing? No, he did a Samson sit down. He's a cool guy. He stars in a show called Virgin River on Netflix. Virgin River's third season dropped on Friday. I watched the entire third season. And Tim Matheson plays a doctor in a small town 
where there's a lot of stuff going on. There's people dealing drugs. There's people doing drugs. There's a guy who owns a bar. There's a guy who falls in love with a doctor's assistant. There's a guy who has some PTSD from the war in Iraq. There's a guy who's taking care of a kid whose mother disappeared because she had to disappear because she's got a husband who abuses her. Annette O'Toole, Nick Nolte's girlfriend from 48 Hours. <laughs> Can you believe I'm referring to Annette O'Toole that way? Is in this series. But she really doesn't appear much in season three. I think that's got to be COVID related. She may not have wanted to go into the bubble where they film. I think it films. It's so beautiful. The cinematography of Virgin River. I want to talk about season three in terms of my friend Tim Matheson. His character had an opportunity to expand so much this season, such a wide range of emotions, such a wide storyline that Tim Matheson was the clear star of season three. It is a show that makes you feel good and you can't stop watching. It's the craziest thing. And you're going to say, hey, that's what a binge is. But some things you binge because you want to binge, you want to be cool, you want to be at the water cooler, you want it. That's an expression that makes me feel even like I have more gray hairs in my eyebrows, if not everywhere south of the border as well. Water coolers when you, hey, let's talk about this at the water cooler. There are no more water coolers. In any case, you want to feel like you're in the know. If you want to be in the know, you're going to want to watch Virgin River because people talk about it because you can't stop talking about it because you're thinking to yourself, my God, the location is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The storyline is interesting, keeping me interested. And hey, isn't that Tim Matheson? You're damn right it is. Virgin River season three. Start with season one. You will watch all 30 episodes in a flash of a binge. Okay. Coco, we got to talk about a big injury. We've been talking about injuries all season long. The injuries are nonstop in baseball and something happened before the, before the weekend or during the weekend that was major. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. That's from a movie called Half Baked. If you have not seen Half Baked, please see it. As you know, you can be a quarter baked to watch it, but it's way better to be full baked. If you have to settle for half baked, make sure that's not till the end. In the category, you don't need to do a refresher, so you'll be ready to go once the movie's over. In that movie, there's a character named Samson. People want to talk to him. If you want to talk to me, get on my Twitter. David P. Samson. We're not buying followers. We're earning them one at a time. One at a time. Where are we, Coca? Do you know Coca doesn't do my tweets? Do you know I don't pay anyone to do my tweets? I do my own tweets. I respond to my own DMs. If I don't respond, it means I didn't get to it or I saw it. I couldn't respond, didn't respond because there are too many. But it doesn't mean you should stop. Please keep DMing me. I like seeing them. It's become sort of an obsession that I look at Twitter way too much. I get my news from Twitter. I try to think of things that'll make me smile and maybe make you smile or at least make you think. Teach you something, teach me something. Everything I learn, I learn on Twitter. That's so sad. It's not really true. It's sort of true. It's actually kind of true. I get my news on Twitter. Anyway, DM me. Ask me a question. If it's a question about something I want to talk about on a show or it's trending or it's sports, entertainment, politics, I'm going to do it. With Acuna out for the season, now what for my Braves? And what about that contract? Is it still a bargain? Well, thank you for asking. I want to talk to all of you people who said, hey, Acuna, 
Why did you sign an eight-year, $100 million deal? You totally gave away the farm. You gave away a ton of free agent years. Why did you do that? Do you remember when he signed that eight-year deal? Do you remember that he's getting paid $1 million in 2020, but he's not yet eligible for arbitration? This year was his first year that he would have been eligible for arbitration, and he got $5 million. $5 million as a first-year arbitration eligible player is on the top of the top end. It's sort of the middle top of the top end. His second year of arbitration next year, he guaranteed himself $15 million, a triple from $5 million as a second-time arbitration-eligible player. Then he got $17 million in his third year of arbitration, then $17 million for free agent years with some team options, added all up, it's $100 million, and you're saying, wow, hmm, that's a total underpay by the Braves. Ronald Acuna went out to catch a fly ball against the Marlins the weekend before the All-Star break, came down on his knee and tore his ACL. Number one, get better. Number two, the Braves were my pick to win the World Series, and that's now in the shit Number three, you would not have made $15 million next year of arbitration, would you? Let me explain how arbitration works. It's based on your performance in the years up to arbitration, but it is more heavily weighted on the prior year. The prior year for next year's salary would be this year. When you miss half the year because of injury, you do not get paid what you'd get paid if you lasted a whole year because we get to go into the arbitration room and we get to say, hey, he has this many home runs. He has this many RBI. This is his war. But guess what? This is his games played. I'm super sorry he only played 80 games because he got hurt and our team now stinks and we're going to not win the division and the Mets are super happy and the Nationals may catch us also. But I'm not paying him three times five or $15 million. Acuna wouldn't have even asked for 15 in arbitration next year. When you miss half the season, if you can even go from five to eight, you're lucky, no matter how good you were in the first half of the season. So he's being overpaid next year by, let's just call it for fun, $5 million. Now, the next year of arbitration comes. Let's say he comes back and he's totally fine for the entire year next year, which is in doubt. But let's just pretend he's back for the entirety of 2022 and he has a kick-ass year. He would then go maybe from 10 to 16 as a second-time eligible, third-time eligible. Maybe 18, unlikely. He's guaranteed that $17 million, even though it is unlikely that he would get to 17 the year after next. I'm talking about 2023, forget 2022. He's got to come back in 22, play the whole year, do well, and then he'd go to arbitration again. All of a sudden, the bargain that you think that Atlanta got is not as big a bargain. You don't know what happens with the player, which is why I always say, when we offer guaranteed money to players who are not yet free agent, who are not yet arbitration eligible, who have not yet attained six years of service, and we're willing to guarantee you money as a young player, you better give us a discount because if you don't give us a discount, we are running the risk of making a bad deal. Are there examples when it's a good deal, like with Christian Yelich? Sure. But the number of times it's a bad deal, way, way more. 
And we've got to share the risk with the player, like any deal that you do with anyone in your life, any business deal. If there's no element of risk sharing, then it's not a fair deal. I didn't say you're going to win every deal, but they've got to start off as fair. The Acuna injury is bad for the Braves. It's bad for baseball. I feel badly for Acuna for missing the rest of this season and for having this injury. But I'll tell you what, he's pretty happy he's got that guaranteed money right now. Do you remember we did that whole talk about Scott Kingery? Coco just whispered in my ear to remind you of that. I don't remember what show it was. It may have been last year. It could have been last week. I, I really can't remember. Scott Kingery is an example of many, Coca. I don't know why you're making me bring up Scott Kingery. I, I, why not bring up well, the, the guy for Arizona, the guy Thomas or Castillo, Rodney Castillo. I'm getting every one of these names wrong. What about the guy for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, that really young guy who signed who ended up stinking? There's a million. I'm not gonna, just going to bring up Scott Kingery, Coca. Give me the whole list if you're going to give me anything. Here's what you do if you're the Braves. Start planning for 22. Don't add to this team. I don't think you're going to catch the Mets. You're not going to win the division. You're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to be the wild card. The wild cards are going to come from the National League West, Padres, Giants, Dodgers. It totally stinks to have to give up. You've lost Ozuna for God knows how long. People don't even talk about that bad out of the lineup because they shouldn't because of what he's accused of. You've now lost Acuna. You've lost Soroka, who was supposed to lead your rotation. Basically, you are screwed. I'm sorry. Nothing personal pick of the day. God, the weekend sucked. We had the Tigers over the Twins on Friday. Maeda gives you five shutout innings. His first good start, and God knows how long we lost. I liked picking the Tigers. They're a fun team. I hate losing. I was more pissed off Saturday when Garrett Cole out of nowhere spun a complete game. Did you see the video? Go watch it. Garrett Cole on Saturday night. Aaron Boone comes out to take him out of the game. Garrett Cole says, get out of here. I'm going to finish this. Does 129 pitches. Complete game shutout of the Astros. That's a second loss. But I had the Brewers over the Reds in game three on Sunday with Woodruff on the mound. Nope. Lost. Thank God we had the Bucs at least. Who thought the Bucs were not going to cover against the Suns in game three? I'm just curious. Which of you listened to the media and said, oh, the Bucs are not even going to win a game? Pathetic. One and three. We're 94 and 74. You know we're watching tonight is the All-Star game. Are you betting the All-Star game? I think we should, right? The National League just has a better team, don't they? I think the line is not that great. They're not huge favorites because in an all-star game, you never know if you're forced to bet. I couldn't find any props, Coca. There's got to be props. So I'm going to give you the following prop. Otani will pitch an inning and that's it. So if there's any prop that is more than an inning or you can take an inning or, or fewer, take an inning or fewer because he's not going to go more than one. If there's a number of at-bats for Otani, take the under if it's three because he's only going to get two at-bats. If I am the Angels, I only want him getting two at-bats. If there's a prop on who the MVP will be, don't look for a starter, because starters cannot be MVPs of games eight out of 10 times. National League is minus 120. We're going to take the National League minus 120. 
We should take the American League plus 100, actually, because that's even. Nah, National League minus 120. We'll lay 20% VIG. National League minus 120 is the pick. If you find an MVP of a bench player, do someone who's plus 800, plus 900. Someone who comes off the bench, hits a home run to win MVP. That's sort of how it works. And then tomorrow's show, we're going to get to talk about the NBA Finals again. So the second half of the season is going to start. We're going to talk tomorrow about second half that's starting. But I want to close the show by saying this to you all. I feel incredibly fortunate to be with you every day. I can't believe Coca forced us to miss yesterday. I wanted to do an hour and a half to go over everything that I wanted to do yesterday, added it to everything I wanted to do today. And you know what Coca said? You only pay me for 45, Samson, and it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.